0: in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen please be seated well good morning, good morning. and welcome to the start of some of the most theology packed verses you'll find anywhere in the pages of scripture as jesus starts opening it up today what's called the bread of life discourse be it fortunate or unfortunate for you, I am by no means and would consider myself a theologian. I am what Paul described in that reading this morning. I am a sinner saved by grace who God has called, who tries to exposit His Word and give it to you in a way that you can apply it to your lives. Basically, that's a lot of words for saying I try to keep it simple. And that's hard to do and we need to do that because the fact of the matter is... is um, we have enough difficulty and challenge in our lives just to know our Lord, to understand His Holy Scripture, and to deal with all the challenges and hazards that we encounter in our lives daily. I would add right now this morning as we prepare these young people to go into the world for the first time, that this message today is perfectly set for someone who's getting ready to embark on that new life. Because there's a lot of things out there that are hazardous. Did you know that flashing neon signs can be hazardous? Well, I can say that there have certainly been some seasons in my life where they were hazardous in my own life, but that's a topic for another day. Or maybe you can buy the book. I've tried to change the names to keep the innocent protected in that. But today I'm talking about the red neon sign that flashes hot in the window of the Krispy Kreme store. Because when we lived in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, where Krispy Kreme is from, it was right down the street from my office. And I had to drive by that every day, and it was tempting, and we very seldom failed to go there. And uh, I learned in that, though, that um, some things are difficult to say no to, and some things can draw us in. And if you've ever eaten a very freshly made hot Krispy Kreme donut covered with glaze, it's packed with all those healthy ingredients, it's real good for our cardiovascular system, then you would know exactly what I mean. But there's always two problems with those hot Krispy Kreme donuts. And the two problems are this. The first one is, one's never enough. And secondly, no matter how many you have, you're going to always want one more. Strange, though, how many things in life that's true of. Reminds me of an old saying that people in recovery are taught. And that is that one is too many and a million is never enough. Friends, countless people live their lives on this earth today because with that same motto and theme running through their lives, because we are quite simply broken and hungry people. The fact is we're on a never-ending quest for fulfillment. There are also many in this world who have found success but still have not found significance in life. In fact, this world is filled with people who are desperately trying to find purpose and meaning, fulfillment and significance in their lives. And the truth is, when it comes down to living in life, most people aren't very satisfied customers. In fact, the great philosopher, Henry David Thoreau once said, the mass of men live lives of quiet desperation. Folks, people are hungry. And they're primarily hunger and hungry for two things. First, they hunger for security. People want financial security. We all do. People don't want to be dependent on others. They want to have physical and financial security. People also, though, hunger for significance. People want personal significance in their lives. They want their lives to matter. They want relational significance as well. They also want to know that their lives will matter to others. When we're hungry, it's because we're empty. We're empty for what we hunger for. Try to satisfy that emptiness, no, with the wrong things, and at some point you're going to realize you're still empty because there are certain things in lives we need to fill ourselves with or we're going to continue to be hungry. Some of you here today today, may remember a famous tennis player by the name of Boris Becker. Anybody remember? If you're my age or younger, you do. Or older, I should say. Becker was a superstar. He was a huge celebrity, in fact, many years ago. He was also an extremely gifted man and athlete who came close to taking his own life because he was so overwhelmed by his sense of emptiness and meaninglessness in this life. And though he was enormously successful, he knew in his heart something was missing. And he put it like this, and I love this quote. I had won Wimbledon twice, once as the youngest player ever. In fact, that was in his teens. I was rich. I had all the material possessions I needed, money, cars, women, everything. But eventually I realized I had no inner peace. I felt like a puppet on a string. Boris Becker is just one example of a lost person who discovers at some point in life that something deep inside is missing from their lives. Anybody ever experienced that? Many of us have. And we experience that, even when we can't put our finger on it or name it, the more we seek it and try to find out what it is, it becomes more elusive and more difficult to find with each passing day. And maybe that's God's plan. The good news for us today is that Jesus understands our problem. And he is the answer to the problem. John's gospel that we open up today records seven I am statements of Jesus. They're found nowhere else in the Gospels. And the first of those critical I am statements is before us today in verse 35 when Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Let me tell you that when that statement landed in the ears of the first listeners, it landed like a poop in the fishbowl. They had no idea what he was talking about or where he was going with it. Jesus basically said, what food is for your body, I am for your soul. And that was profound. It was bold. And beyond their understanding, and still beyond many people's comprehension here today. The question probably became at some point to them, well, why did Jesus choose bread to represent what he was to their lives and our lives? Well, probably because it's the most staple food of their lives, and of ours too. Friends, you can go almost anywhere on this planet and sit down at any restaurant on earth just about, and you're probably going to get served bread in some form one way or the other, aren't you? Not every restaurant's going to serve serve steaks, unfortunately, and not all of them are going to serve seafood. And unfortunately, they're not going to all serve Krispy Kreme donuts. But most every restaurant you will ever visit will have some form of bread. Bread is a staple of life poor people don't have anything else they usually have bread rich people who have it all will also have bread on hand so I thought about that this week you know I thought to myself I find myself buying bread for us about every third week or so and we rarely eat it all but we, I buy it faithfully and I think that it's just ingrained in our lives as something that we We've leaned into all of our lives, and know we lived on it in Bologna when we were children. <laughs> so it will sustain us. The fact of the matter is that bread comes in all shapes and sizes. It doesn't matter where you live, and it's not particular to any region or part of the world. In Mexico, it could be a tortilla. In New York, you're going to be. It's going to be a bagel. And if you grew up in the deep south, like I did, it was usually a big, fluffy biscuit. <laughs> but the truth is, it's still all bread. All of it is. And as we're about to see, Jesus went far beyond physical bread to clearly illustrate what he is to human life. We need to go back and look into the context right here. Because as you know, we have been in Mark for weeks and we're in his gospel all year. But today we're going to start a journey into John's gospel that's going to really play out like a series. It's going to be all through this sixth chapter, which is rich, it's deep. And it's one that we really need to drill down to. And we're going to have a lot of meat on the bone, I should warn you, the next couple of Sundays in this text because it's really deep, and we need to have a great understanding of it. got slides today. As you remember contextually where we were, Mark had just told us about the disciples crossing the other side of the Sea of Galilee after the feeding of the 5,000. That's where we pick up this text today in John's Gospel. Jesus had just fed the masses there. And the thing that we didn't learn in the the Gospel of Mark, though, that John tells us prior to these verses today, was that after Jesus fed the masses, they seized him and wanted to make him a king. So he obviously put the disciples on the other side of the lake. We heard about the challenges they had crossing that. Jesus walked to them and brought them salvation through that. And at that time, the people thought that Jesus was still on the other side, the eastern side of the lake. And he was. But where we pick it up today, Jesus is crossed over, and the great masses realized he wasn't still over there, so they have gone as well. The crowd continued to follow him. And the fact of the matter is, we learn in these verses today that Jesus knew what they wanted. First 26 tells us that. Jesus answered them, truly, truly. In other words, he's saying, oh, okay, there's a double heads up, people. Truly, truly, I say to you, You are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. They thought and hoped, my friends, that Jesus would hand out free fish sandwiches to them the rest of their lives. That's what they wanted. They thought he was going to meet every material and physical need they ever had. In fact, what they really wanted was a welfare state. They saw him as an opportunity to free them from the Roman oppression, feed them, take care of them, cure the sick, do all the miracles he'd been doing, it was the answer to everything. And he is, but they were looking at it from the wrong direction. In fact, they compared Jesus to the manna, the bread of God that was sent down to heaven to feed the Israelites in the wilderness for 40 years under Moses' leadership that we heard about. They thought all there was to life was the material and the physical, what you could put on in your hand, what you could put in your belly, what you could put in your back or put over your head as a roof. Jesus made that statement in verse 26 as a backdrop to what we hear in verse 27. Where we read this. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to your eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on Him, God the Father has set His seal. That really... Send them into a place of misunderstanding. Friends, if you don't want to be a satisfied, if you want to be a satisfied customer in this life, and that's what you're seeking, if you want to find significance in the meaning of life, if you want to come to the end of your days and look back and be satisfied in who you were and what you were able to do on this in this life, then heed the words of Jesus and remember these two takeaways that we're going to leave here with today. The first takeaway that I want you to remember today is this. Do not substitute, do not substitute the material for the spiritual. Do not substitute the material for the spiritual. Jesus, as I just told you, is speaking to the very same crowd that he had fled just the day before. They wanted him to put a stake on every table, a Mercedes in every garage, or a camel under every tent, and provide everything they ever needed. And that's what they saw. That's what they were seeking. The problem was, they were so obsessed with the material, they couldn't see the spiritual. So obsessed with the material, they couldn't see the spiritual. Does that sound familiar to anyone here today? In this world, there's an I want it all world, and I want it all now world that we live in, because we deserve it. Listen again carefully to what John read from verse 31. Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread out of heaven. Well, when they said those words to Jesus that day, they were revealing right that moment where their heart was. They were revealing their true desires, their true desire to have him for physical sustenance. In essence, they were saying, Well, God fed the people of Israel every day with manna from heaven. Why can't you be equal to him and do what he did for us? Good question. That's because they're thinking about who? Themselves. Only themselves. Listen to Jesus' responses in verse 32 and 33. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Hmm. Once again, they're thinking, not what we want, we're not getting it here. That's not making sense to us. You see right there, they revealed that they had some bad thinking and understanding in this. Jesus had to correct their thinking. Moses didn't give them bread. God gave them bread. Then he pointed out the more important truth that the manna their ancestors ate, grumbled, and complained about was for their bellies and that the bread of life that Jesus is talking about was for their souls, their spiritual well-being, their spiritual nourishment. So then Jesus dropped the real bomb on them in verse 35, where we get this first of the great I am's. He said to them, I, I am the bread of life. I would have loved to have heard the way he said that, because it would have been emphatic for them to get that. I'm the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. (laughs) At that point they're saying, okay, Jesus, what are you telling us and what are you trying to get to here? You see, there are two kinds of bread, my friends, that people can eat. There's physical bread that perishes, which only can nourish the body, and there's also spiritual bread, that wonder bread, that feeds and nourishes the soul now and always. There's more to life than material and way more to you, my friends, than what you eat. If you try to find your life significance only in the material, physical, or financial, my friends, you're going to die a very lonely, hungry person in this life. A guy by the name of Jack Higgins was a very successful, best-selling novel writer. He was one time asked at the peak of his career, of all your success, what do you know now that you wish you would have known when you were a younger man in your life and career. And Higgins said these words, I wish I'd have known that when you get to the top, there's nothing there. Friends, there are countless Jack Higgins and Boris Becker's and many others out there. And to them, Jesus says today, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Friends, it's by no coincidence that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, which literally means the house of bread. Jesus made it plain, if you come to Him, receive from Him, believe in Him, and feed upon Him and His word, you will never hunger or thirst again. Do you actually know why we shouldn't substitute the material for the spiritual? Have you ever really thought about that? Because the material will never fully satisfy Blaise Pascal understood that. He said there's a God-shaped vacuum in the life of every person that only God can fill. That God-shaped hole, my friends, can only be filled by Jesus, the bread of life. Which brings us to our second point here today. Second takeaway point. Do not substitute the temporal for the eternal do not substitute the temporal for the eternal. What makes the bread of life so unique is the last part of the statement that Jesus makes in verse 35. He says, he who comes to me will not hunger and, belie- and he believes in me will never thirst. There's a great thing in that gospel passage right there about belief. And if you'll remember, what is the purpose of John's gospel? It tells us in the last verse, in, well, in, in chapter 20 the last verse that that gospel was written so that we might believe and by believing have eternal life there's two main themes in John's gospel one is the deity of Jesus the other is about believing in him do you know why all the physical and material things of this life can only bring temporal satisfaction ever thought about that one because life is temporary folks our lives are temporary we can't take anything with us when we leave here. No matter how much money you have, you'll always want more, and you can't take it with you. No matter how many possessions you have, you'll always want more, and you can't take it with you. No matter how many Krispy creams you eat, <laughs> you'll always want another one, and we can't take them out of here with us. Has <laughs> this ever happened to you? And I'm gonna, I love this little illustration of that when I come to this thing. does this ever happened to you at Thanksgiving? You sit down about three inches from the table and you eat until you're finally touching the table. And then you get up and say to yourself, well, I'm so stuffed, I don't care if I ever eat again. That's it for me. I'm done eating. And then at that moment, you were totally satisfied. <laughs> but what happens about three hours later? You're at the refrigerator looking for that cold turkey leg and dried out Krispy Kreme donut. No, no. <laughs> we, we substitute the temporal for the eternal. That's what we tend to do. As we know, world hunger is a true, real problem on this earth. It's a problem the church ought to address, and we're called to do that. We should be concerned about the hungry and the poor. But if we gave everyone on the planet today a free meal, guess what? They're going to be hungry again tomorrow, aren't they? hmm The world wants to satisfy our bodies. God wants to satisfy our hearts. The world wants us to focus on that which perishes and dies, which are our bodies. Physical things this side. God wants us to focus on that which is going to live forever, which is your soul. The thing about this bread of life that all followers of Jesus must remember and at some time get is just like real bread is taken in daily to sustain us. The bread of life must be taken in daily as well. In fact, we pray that way. We pray, God, give us this daily bread because we need two forms of bread. We need physical bread and we need the Word of God. Jesus said to them and he says to us today, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Remember when Jesus was in the wilderness and Satan tempted him and said, hey, if you're the son of God, just turn of these rocks into bread. You're probably hungry. Been out here for weeks. Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The way we feed on the bread of life every day is by getting into God's word daily. And by feeding on those words and inwardly digesting those words daily. Friends, the only way to live a satisfied, fulfilled life that will endure through eternity is to feed on Jesus and his word daily. He is the bread of life. I want to close this morning with an old illustration that still touches my heart. The old story goes like this. At the foot of a great mountain in China lived a father and his three sons. They were simple, loving as a family. The father often noticed travelers came from far away, eager to climb the dangerous mountain. But none of them that climbed it ever returned. The three sons heard stories about the mountain they heard that at the top it had silver and gold there and despite their father's warning they couldn't resist climbing up the mountain along the way they passed a beggar under a tree but the sons did not even speak to him and they had offered him nothing on their journey they simply ignored him and one by one the sons disappeared up the mountain the first to the house of fine foods. The second. To the house of fine wines. And the third. To the house of lustful pleasure. Each son. Each son became a slave to his desire. And forgot his home. Meanwhile their father became heartsick. He missed them dearly. So he put all danger aside. And the father said. I must go find my sons once he scaled the mountain the father found that the rocks were gold and silver but he didn't care he only wanted to find his sons to help them remember the life of love they once knew on the way down after failing to find his sons the father saw the old beggar and asked for his advice the old beggar said well The mountain will give back your sons only if you bring something from home to help them remember the true love of their family. The father raced home. and He brought back a bowl of rice. And he gave some to the old beggar. And he thanked him for his wisdom and his grace. The father then found his sons one at a time. And he carefully placed a grain of rice on the tongue of each of them. And at that moment, they recognized their self-centered foolishness. Real life became apparent to them. They returned home with their father and lived happily ever after as one loving family. Friends, in a moment, we will gather in this church as God's family to receive a reminder of our loving home. To taste the food It helps us remember who we are and more importantly whose we are and we receive and get that reminder in the bread of life which is our father's gift to each of us it reminds us weekly that his kingdom is our true home you young people are getting ready to take off into the world for the first time take it for someone who climbed that mountain in life and tumbled off of it. The only way that you will ever live a satisfied, fulfilled life that will bless you and nourish you from now all the way through eternity is to feed on Jesus and His Holy Word in your lives daily. That's the only way. That's the way to the satisfied, fulfilled life that everyone in this room desires. So remember that as we start into this journey in the next few weeks that Jesus is the bread of life that nourishes us into eternal life. So I ask you to come back next week for part two of this bread of life discourse. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.